By the precision of their instrument, by the very mechanical limitations of shutter, lens, and film, they are invested with credibility. Simple honesty will render to their pictures the dignity of fact. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 194, 194 for the end of October 2023, the, the Halloween edition. Halloween edition. Yeah, Insert gonna, sound effects here. I'm going to, sound effects will be somewhere in here. I have to get them to annoy our audience the best I can. And they're going to be like, oh, he's doing a damn Halloween things. Well, you know, what the heck? So... Anyway, I'm looking at you on, uh, you know, we, we, we're doing this on Zoom, and I'm looking at you, and your lights went out, and you're being yeah, lit my from light underneath. Heated, overheated or something, and I'm yeah, just and by I, the and glow it, of LCD. Yeah, and you're appropriately, uh, you know, underlit, so you look like, you know, uh, chiller theater that's going on. <laughs> it's kind of appropriate. You're just sort of in this darkness. I can see the words sure on your mic, though. That's a oh, good, that's good. Uh, advertising. Well, you know, I'm going to advertise, and it's right side up, too. It is right side up. I Unlike some mic. people. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know why it's, there's an, you, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that shot, but you know. I, oh, well, it's uh, Halloween. You can say that for some, oh, you know. My I'm neighborhood, sorry. in my neighborhood, there is one house, I should uh, find pictures, where they go nuts with the Halloween decorations. Um, Did we walk I mean by nuts. there when I visited last year? Because they had already started. Well, Did we see uh, it? Did we, with all the skeletons climbing up the uh, yeah, side of I the wall? So. Yeah, might, yeah. I might have a picture of it, actually. But I think. I think when you were here, they didn't, they couldn't have finished it all. Anyway, they, well, they there was a lot in, there was a lot of projects going on when we were walking along. Yeah. There, so. There's, they have today, I was like, where do they store all this stuff? And they've got all these, uh, animatronic psychopathic killer things across their, and they've got a very long, um, porch and it, okay. and it goes all around, it wraps around the entire house. And, there's the exorcist, there's, you know, killer clowns, there's witches. I mean, there's everything on this thing. Wow. And they're all, and they're all automated. And so they're all making noises and stuff like that. And, uh, I was wondering where they keep all this stuff. Like I was wondering if like in their basement, they've got all these things sort of stretched laid out as some sort of, you know, weird kind of, you know, Dexter looking kind of, you know, basement with plastic and stuff like that. But anyway, it's pretty cool. And I think people come cool. from all around to go see this one house. Nice. For Halloween. So, uh, yeah. So, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Winter has arrived in Calgary. Hey, oh, you got winter. Oh, boy. We got winter. Six you get a fall? Do you go for like snow. summer? We, like no, fall we is go. No, two we weeks have. Of... What is it? We have. We have um, uh, yeah. Fall can be very short. I mean, I did get I did get to post pictures of fall colors, right? I know. We saw those. That was about three... three weeks of that. And then we got slammed in the side of the head with winter. And Are you then, having a winter uh, storm now? Is that what's, no, not no. a winter. No, it's it's getting close to the freezing mark, but it's still, you know, slushy. And then the slush freezes, and then you're driving on this, you know. <laughs> this is October. Hard landscape, whatever. So eventually, it'll melt away at some point. Uh, who knows when that will be? And then we'll get another blast. It's you never know. Every fall is different. Uh, well. 
okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing about the west. Our our uh, west is getting some sort of storm, but we're we're today it was like in and today is what is today? Today's Thursday. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was it was like in the like lower seventies, maybe. It was warm. It was warm today. Yeah. So well, yeah. Us, so we were probably mm, high teens, probably. Oh, Fahrenheit. <laughs> My heart goes out to you. Well, you're used to this, but boy. Yeah, but that's fine. That is not anyway. Okay. Right. It's fine. I you know as difficult and slow as the commute is, I kind of like driving and bad conditions it's a challenge feel the car move underneath you, you, know? you and it keeps you awake right you well imagine. it keeps you awake and it's a <laughs> it becomes a creative act driving does when uh, yes okay yeah you you're you're you and your race car stuff you're, you're i yeah i just like the sensation of moving and having some bit of control I it's an illusion. I wouldn't but. argue with that. I, that's kind of fun. Well, an illusion to some point. Yeah. So. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what else? Well, here we are. I'm gl- glad to see you. I'm glad you could get, hang out tonight. Me too. Any big things that I want to talk about? I had a couple of things pop up in the week, but uh, I did want to um, mention. I think the last show uh, was just before the photo walk that I had. Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, it rained. <laughs> oh, walk. okay. And I had like I think I had about nineteen people, twenty people signed up, and uh, three people showed. Okay, two people actually initially, and then the third person came a little bit later. I actually wanted to push it. It was on a Saturday, and I wanted to push it to Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I a couple of days before the the walk i was checking out the weather and it was iffy and it was gonna be raining i was like oh man so i decided that i would reach out to all the walkers and say let's push it to sunday mm-hmm. uh, some people said they couldn't make it because they had plans and stuff like that but i thought that would be good and then someone told me that uh we couldn't do that because of the rules of the uh, oh. there's a contest at the scott kelby photo walk and all okay. the pictures have to be taken on the day of the walk so the walk was, yeah, it was rain or shine. So, yeah, I drove out to uh, Red Hook and uh, the two people, two stalwart, you know, photographers showed up and and uh, we walked around and it was raining and then it stopped and it rained. It was mostly, it was mostly okay. Actually, mm-hmm. it let up. But it was interesting that we only had two and then a third person showed up a little bit later and we all sort of walked and... Uh, by the time we're done, uh, I had to leave. I couldn't stay for lunch. Um, I had a sick cat, and I was really mm. distracted by that. Mm. And so instead of staying for lunch, I, I I took off so I could see if I could. We need to take um, Opie to the vet. Mm. He's okay now, by the way. But uh, back then, it was right. wracking. Yeah. And uh, by the time I left, it started to pour again. Oh. <laughs> so we timed it just perfectly. Oh, just good. A, yeah. And my attention was to um, use my uh, Polaroid camera uh, for photographing. I had bought a bunch of right. film in anticipation, and uh, now I didn't. I didn't shoot with that at all. Mm. Uh, I didn't want it. It's not. A, it's not a waterproof camera. Right. So I wasn't out. To, and it's kind of awkward to use a camera with uh, with that camera with a umbrella in one hand. Right. So I used my iPhone for the whole shoot, for the cool. whole walk around. 
I have this, I, I can't remember. You know what? I keep forgetting what I've talked about. I don't know if I talked about this before. I have a little shift cam grip for yep. my yeah, iPhone. Yeah, you did talk yeah. about it, and it's got a Bluetooth uh, shutter release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used that, and I figured the yeah. phone, I mean, I don't know if that's waterproof, but the phone is waterproof, and it was easy to hold with one hand, and it was really, you know, the, some of the images I got were a lot, well, were pretty fun. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So uh, it seems like the, the photographers were there, the two people there were, had a good time, mm. and I picked my winner. And sent them off to the, you know, to whatever contest they might get into. And then I picked my picture for the for the winners of the uh, leaders. Yeah. And that's it. It went it went well. And I got another photo walk tomorrow in uh, in Brooklyn. This is not part of the Worldwide Photo Walk, but it's part of the place I work at Brick. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing a little uh, photo walk in the neighborhood that Brick is in because it's the... 50th anniversary of hip hop and there's a lot of oh um, wow hip hop okay. locations in the neighborhood although we can only do so much it's only an hour walk right so um i'm gonna go to one location where there's this um, big mural of uh, uh commandante biggie uh, mm-hmm. on the walls and uh you know the idea is to get people to just walk around and take pictures yeah so i have to do a little slideshow ahead of time oh uh, yeah so it's not my usual street photography class but um I, I i put together a little slideshow on my ipad and the idea is to get them sort of you know again get their eyes sort of thinking about street photography and all the different options so i've got you know like samples from helen levitt and and uh, alex webb and uh, you name it me mm-hmm. uh I can't remember who else is in the little show. And then a bunch of tips that I can show really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, I got some from Eric Kim. <laughs> oh. He's, got, he's the, you know, Eric Kim is like this prolific, or was, I don't know if he's still doing stuff, but he just. I haven't know. seen much of his stuff. For I haven't while. seen much of his stuff either. No, but I, I, I did a search for, so he did this whole thing about like the 70 great tips of street photography. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to just get some ideas from him. That were different from the ones I have for my class, and it's funny that some of you know some of their concepts uh, uh, jive together. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Things like, yeah. Don't drop your camera, and I was like, why? You know, it's like, oh yeah, good shoes good. always have good shoes. Good shoes, yeah. So I put a bunch of those tips in there, and no, the, the good shoes tips is a little too late because they're there already. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm doing that. I'm doing that tomorrow. That should be that should be a that should be nice. I like doing photo walks. So yeah, and. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, yeah. Sorry. The, by the time we do our next show, mm-hmm. I will have, this is in the future, uh, <laughs> but it will be in the past. Well, anyway, on November 9th okay. at the uh, place that I have the show, um, I'm going to be doing an artist talk there. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I don't have my postcards. Oh, shoot. Um, uh so the idea is to get people in and talk about. It. I want to. Talk, I'm actually. I'm not sure exactly what to talk about. Maybe I could parse that out with you a little bit, sure. whether it's here or something like that. But um, I had this idea of like wanting to not talk too much. I'm going to show a video of me that Brick did, which they actually filmed at the coffee shop. Oh, and it was called Kothra. Right. Yeah. So that's like a seven or eight minute little video, and it's more about my street photography, like the kind of stuff I did before. Mm-hmm. And then I just want to sort of talk. There's something about like the stuff that I was doing, photographing the neighborhood. 
uh, the details and stuff like that. And I, I just want to get people sort of jazzed or something like that about not like overlooking the small things in the, in the areas they live. Right. Um, because we tend to, you know, I think that's kind of what I was doing with, with the pictures is trying to find those things that you sort of walk past and you don't think twice about and, and just try to lock moments on. So I want to get people sort of jazzed for that. So I just need to come up with sort of a little short discussion. Cause I don't really want to be about, Oh, this picture is about this and that picture. Like, I don't know what my picture is about. Right. My photographer, the, let the your picture, viewer decide. Yeah. When the, and also the, the pictures are also to me individually, not maybe great photographs, but as a together thing. That's why I like putting them in the zine or like putting them in the show is that together they create sort of this tapestry. Uh, which I kind of like. I like the idea of that the small pictures, in this case for the for the the show that I was doing, sort of equal something larger. You know, and right. the idea that it's the neighborhood or the zip code that I'm talking about. So, yeah. anyway, I've got I've got some time to figure that out. But that will be coming up November 9th. And if anybody's in Brooklyn, uh, I'll put the I'll put the link in the uh, show notes. If you want to join, come by from seven to nine at Blue Star Parlor cafe on Cortelio road cool yeah very nice yeah and we've been getting you know uh i want to say hi to everybody who's been like i've been getting um people have been saying i've been watching you know listening to your show or so cool. some people have reached out on um on my new instagram account and also i just joined threads as well so i've been hearing some people um say hi so it's nice to hear from the outside world that, that uh, people are listening and enjoy what we talk about. So I want to just that's a shout great. out for everybody. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's what's going on in my neck of the woods. And uh, how about you? I know you're, you're, you've got a new job. I got a new day job, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Completely different change of pace. Uh, uh, enjoying it. It's a steep part of the curve, you know, new job. There's uh it's a very wide ranging kind of job. I work f from small minutiae to large projects that go on simultaneously. You have to be good with your time. And, uh, what I do like about it is when the day is over, the day is over. There's no one. Yeah. That's, there's something anything. nice about You're that. Just yeah. like, yeah. And there's a big emphasis on work life balance there, which is, which is not to be understated. So I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm very happy. Not a lot it's of, a longer a lot. commute. It's a longer commute, but Oh, is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I've got the music and the podcasts to listen to, so Yeah. Not a lot of chance to get out, out with your camera then, I guess. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. not yeah. at all. And um I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast. Um the one of my subjects from my um uh, my project, when I went back to visit my mother there last month, uh, she uh, ended up passing away. She died. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and so mm -hmm. the uh, the meaning of the photographs I have of her have changed a lot. I mean, we knew this day would come sooner than later, but it was a lot sooner than we thought, So uh, than many of us thought. So now I'm it, I'm rethinking that whole project again. When you say the meaning of the photographs, could just expand on that a little bit so I can... Um, well, like originally they were before. going to be, um, you know, it's my mother, my artist friend, Vicky and my aunt Rosemary. They were just 
there were just there were three women that were visiting on this trip I made back to Saskatchewan, right? Mm-hmm. So the project was like, here's a, you know, here's three women I don't know to choose from, or three women of, you know, women I know kind of thing, and it was kind of light. It was, this is what I saw in my visit. Now we've got, you know, my mother's aging and slowing down a lot. So there's that, and how do I capture her with some dignity? Uh, and same thing with my aunt, who was very ill and being treated, um, and was in a in a hospital care facility, and and uh, you know in a wheelchair and so on. And uh, with her dying now, um, this project has kind of been blown apart from my original kind of shallow intention. And I think we had talked about that before, about how I, I, it, it became a deeper and wider and more meaningful um, project as I, as I thought through it. Once I got to sit down at my mother's place and go through what I had done just on the one day visiting my artist friend Vicky and then mm-hmm. visiting my aunt, it was like, wow, there's some heavy stuff going on. Um, and so I, I think I will just continue to sit on these pictures and edit them maybe later this winter or this coming spring. There, I, I noticed I have some memory of, of taking certain photographs that were um, compositionally similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mm. thinking of my mother's coffee table, like two-thirds of my mother's coffee table shot like deadpan from above, right? Um, her countertop with her food preparation for dinner. Um, my friend Vicky, or my artist friend, um, uh, kind of like a tableau of her art um, art supplies on a table and some artwork. Um, and my aunt's artwork and her uh, counter that had her medications and Mm. And um, um, supplies and stuff that were out. There were these patterns that I just happened to notice um, that that represent who they are in that context in the room that they're actually in. So that was important too. That 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 the pictures of those tables and the the content of those tables is in the same room as the as the woman that she's in. Mm-hmm. So. There's there, there are these connections that I'm trying to make between pictures, and um, and yeah, and and just who they are, and and capturing this time, um, it definitely has a deeper deeper meaning. Do, do I haven't got yourself, it all figured it out yet, but everything. Yeah. yeah. Do you see yourself sort of revisiting them, just looking at them on occasion, and putting them back, and then looking at them again, and putting them back? You know. Rather than just sort of sitting and doing like oh like in two months I'll sit and do everything at once you just sort of no well I think the way I work I I think it'll be really hard like to change that I think once I go in to edit them I'll be producing something so yeah. it's okay. just I I don't I, I don't really have the I haven't really settled down yet for yeah. what I'm what I'm going to do what what my how am I putting it what I'm trying to achieve and the word dignity keeps coming up. Like, I don't yeah. want to make yeah. this, um, I, I, I want to, um, show them in a good light. 
Well, I guess what I'm saying, does it require you to be looking at the pictures or are you just sort no, of remembering no. them in your mind and then just sort of contemplating? No, it's just yeah. um, no coming up with a f- kind of a philosophy or a feeling um, of what I want to what I want to express, whether it's a love for the women or a more journalistic, I don't think it will be like a journalistic, you know, f- flat reading of the documentary, them, which is sort but, of yeah. what, yeah, which is what it probably, I was thinking something of that, but something with humor and that sort of thing that, that, that still might be, um, there's one composition of uh, my aunt's memory wall, all of her grandchildren, everything out on a cork board mm. with her artwork. Um, like that's huge for us to have her family see something like that, like years into the future. Like here's, you know, the stuff that she was looking at when she was in her room. Um, like there's a lot going on there. You know, as you sorry, as you're saying that you're taking this photograph of this of this pin board and at some point that's all going to come down yeah i would assume right oh it, ha- it has that was her hospital room so oh it was a hospital it was her hospital room yeah uh, you know as you're as you're as you're saying that it's got me thinking about um like my own situation mm-hmm. a little bit in that my house and apartment is still set up the way elizabeth and i had it so mm-hmm. her and you you've seen the apartment mm-hmm. her desk area is pretty much all the same. I haven't taken anything down. And uh, without getting into the reasons, because there's, I, that could be a whole the, the personal discussion, mm-hmm. uh, what it occurred to me was that she had put all this stuff up on her desk the way that was her. Those were her that was her signature. That was her, um, that was, the, that was her fingerprints in a way. Mm. of what she did and i was i had been toying with the idea of taking pictures of this um like how she kept things mm-hmm. uh in the same way that you're talking about the pin board in in that at some point this is all going to come down mm-hmm. and uh and then it won't exist anymore as the person who did it mm-hmm. you know um so like uh your aunt did all these you know um, did this, you know, pin board with her pictures and yeah. and stuff like that, and and that's a signature that won't exist anymore, except in your photograph of it. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about I should go around my apartment or at least my Elizabeth's desk area and stuff like that and photograph these things yeah. because, you know, she put the note here, they put that there, she put it there, and that's going to be, you know, will that be enough? I mean, uh, I don't know. So anyway, it just got me thinking about this this. Um, uh, recording of somebody's um, not only of what who they are, but what they've done, mm-hmm. uh, and and how um, you know as a you're making woman, me think too. That's great. Um, what? And, well, no, to help form what I want to express with this series of photographs, thinking it in that context, who they are, which is really what photographs are. In this in this context, particularly because it's their environment, right, right. Um, and and my mother living alone, Rosemary being alone in her hospital room, and my friend Vicky, an artist, alone in her studio. There's an aloneness. This is the environment they created for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that they 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 in some way chose to be yeah you know, that was a, a choice yeah uh and then you're recording it and so you're um uh sort of giving it a, a validity uh in some way anyway mm -hmm. it's it's interesting i wasn't even thinking about that as a as something so um yeah, we both learned yeah. something i think tonight <laughs> yeah and you know um well, that's that's uh i'm sorry about your aunt um, um condolences she's uh yeah, she had a, a huge um, celebration of life service out out in the hills. Yeah, Went to see my cousins and uncle. It was nice to see them. Be with them for a while. I, and I know this is a very personal thing, and so whether or not you end up sharing. These pictures are not, uh, sounds like this is probably not something that's a shareable thing. It's more of like family or personal. Yeah. Thing. Not something I, I don't know. needs to see in the world. Well, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. This, this idea that we have to share everything, you know, that's going on is, uh, is something you know I've been, I've been thinking about, uh, for a while too. I mean, since we've lost, uh, what is it? We've, uh, Twitter shut down pretty much and turned into a dumpster fire. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I haven't been on Instagram except I'm back on again, but I've realized, you know, don't need to share every day or do a, do a photograph every day. No. And this whole idea of sharing and sharing and sharing and sharing and creating new and creating new. And, um, you know, it's like, I, there's a part of me that says enough already because, you know, uh, I, 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 I can't keep that up and I'm not, a content creator. I don't even, you know, people call themselves content creators. I think, you know, sorry, I don't mean to diss them, but I don't find myself being a content creator. I don't consider right. photography or what we do as content. That sounds like to me, somebody who's like, you know, I, and I don't mean to, again, I don't want, I don't want to sound insulting anyway, but you know, content sounds like something that you just make and then you shove off to the world. You know that you don't consider uh, in the context is from a consumer model, right? Exactly, you know, producer yeah. consumer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that I don't know if that's a good, you know, uh, segue into into the other thing they wanted to sort of chat about a little bit mm -hmm. was the uh, YouTube video that um, we watched. I don't know. Should we name it? Who who said it? I want to put the link in the video. Um, Put the link. Oh, I think that's yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So uh, this this chap named Evan, uh, I can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his last name. Ramft. Ramft. Yeah. R A N F T. Has a has a video out. That says uh, how YouTubers ruined street photography, myself included. And I think that's just like any YouTube video title is a. I want to say clickbaity, but yeah, <laughs> it's got that. It's got, it, and it caught my eye when it popped up on my timeline. And so I, I ended up watching it and, uh, I don't, you, you're probably better at summarizing this. Can you give the gist of what the, what, what he's, what he's sort of talking about that would lead into what I want to Well, what he, what he, the, I haven't watched it right to the end, but the, the gist of it is, is that in the effort to create, um, I guess, 
His original inspiration was Kai Wong, right? Um, Kai was really good, and he had the Digital Rev, um, the Digital Rev YouTube channel a few years ago, right, right, right. where he did it was largely um, equipment reviews, and they're fantastic. And he's he, he's a very competent and he's often uh, like walking often, the streets and yeah, walking the streets, um, using the piece of a gear that yeah, he's talking about, and yeah. and he has an attitude and uh, yes, he's funny. He does, yeah, he's funny and he produces pretty good work. I mean, he doesn't just he doesn't just give you a review of of the uh of the equipment that he's using but he's producing interesting photographs so um kai was was a, a big inspiration to to evan raft and he um he tried to emulate him through his own work behind the scenes work of doing street photography and, and what he does in order to to demonstrate that he's behind the scenes is he's right. got a GoPro connected somewhere else on his body. So you'll see the scene go by and then he'll show, and then he'll show the grab actual, a shot, right. the yeah. grab shot that he yeah. took. And it's interesting. It's fun. If you're not a street photographer, especially to see, Oh, you know, in this fleeting scene, look what this guy caught. Um, right. I think that, I think the GoPro is attached to the, his camera on his hot shoe. Okay. Yeah. And I think who somebody else does that too. Eric Trovatten also does that. The Danish gentleman does that too. Um, it's fun, you know. It's fun and interesting. Um, and and um, what this uh, YouTuber Evan is talking about is in in the race or the energy required to create content in a. And here we're talking about creating content again. <laughs> um, in a timely manner and with the frequency that. You know the the um, monetization models require you have to create a lot of content and a lot of behind the scenes and a lot of images, with the inescapable conclusion that the quality of the actual work that you're creating will drop. And he certainly has a point. Right. Um, he he does a parallel to the photographers of old, the street photographers in the middle of the last century, who would do hundreds of photographs and you would get one or two. And all of those great pictures, those ones and twos, eventually become a book, and they come out, and that's how you consume it. You don't consume it twice a week or twice a month with, you know, the best you could do within the behind-the-scenes video that uh, that he created that week. So, um, I mean, he he definitely has a point. But that's that's basically the the idea that he's he's after. Yeah. But you and- you you'd made a point uh, before we came on. Um, before we started recording about you could just scratch street photography scratch and street any photography kind of photo- yeah yeah uh, i i spent a lot of time watching photography videos on youtube i i love youtube it's great it's such a great yeah. um thing to see what everybody's doing it's fun to see you know we consider youtube celebrities and get really excited and about them but the you can i can get the sense of the machine needing to be fed and these people are doing it for a living. I mean, they, I mean, otherwise mm-hmm. why would they be joining YouTube? They're making money from it and they're doing a living. And just like anything, they have to continuously make stuff to feed that engine. And yeah. So how YouTubers ruin street photography, just scratch out street photography. I wouldn't say ruined. It's not. Yeah. 
it's not ruined. It's just it's creating some kind of system, which I think is a bigger story, because uh, I don't think it's just limited to YouTube. It's certainly on on any social media platform. Um, that uh, even if you're not making money on it, there's the constant uh, pull to keep feeding these machines. And you know, this is I think we've probably talked about this a zillion times before, but this is not the world that I grew up in mm, in photography. Either. And I, yeah. you know, I was really happy. Not happy, but like it was, there was some satisfaction with uh, the way the photography world existed when I was going through it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I go back to it, and I think you know, it's so funny. I remember that I don't know if it was Instagram or maybe it was Flickr, and this idea of sharing pictures on on a website was just totally alien to me. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> what? Why would I do that? And what is it? Do I get out of it? And then. You know, um, I remember, you know, if someone liked the picture, it'd be like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, you know, this this he, he goes into this point of having to consistently make images and and videos of him making images and post those however many times a week or however many times a month. And and, uh, you're, you know, what you mentioned that photographers from the past or uh, artists, we could say artists of any kind mm-hmm. would take a lot longer for their work to come out into the world. Um, and I think part of the problem with what, or what he's getting at is there's, there's also this dilution of mm-hmm. um, the, the quality of work. Like how do you know if you're putting up 10 pictures or you're showing videos of 10 pictures? And frankly, he was showing some pictures in this video mm-hmm. that I don't think were that great. And, you know, that's my opinion, but like, it, you know, whether that was his point or not, I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't tell because he didn't mention it. Well, I kind of flippantly said, well, he is proving his point. Yeah. He's proving his point in some sense, yeah. but you know, I think he's, 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 he's grabbing shots. The YouTube video, it's, it's interesting because the, the, uh, sorry, the YouTube, the um, GoPro video is capturing what's going on outside the frame. And then he's, he's cutting to the still frame of what he, what he caught and it's, you know, processed differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, not all of them are successful or interesting, but I think part of you're right. Part of that point is, is like it's, it doesn't matter. No. Um, but yet it does matter because then you, you would have to weigh this idea of being a content creator, which I think he's talking about being mm-hmm. rather than a photographer or a creator, a uh, 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 creative artist. Artist. Yeah. Oh, you hit the nail on the head, man. Yeah. That's sort of, I was... That was swimming around in my little brain, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, and yeah. and what at what point? Well, first of all, this is the struggle I go through when I when I deal with students because they're coming into a world which this is existing, and how do they know the difference, or how mm-hmm. how can they learn the difference? And and it's a that's hard because there's nobody there to sort of say, well, this you know what this person not directed at uh, Evan. But what this content creator is creating on Instagram or, or YouTube or whatever is not necessarily good work. It's work, but mm. it there's there's nothing there to say that this is particularly the best work that this person is doing. And they certainly can't be making, you know, 500, 600 great pictures in a year. That's, that's just not possible. No. <laughs> you know? So um, anyway, it just... Um, 
don't know if you have anything more to say about this, but, but. no, I think uh, I, I think your your observation about you know what are you are you a content creator? I mean, and, and I would say the behind the scenes um, I do like to see those because uh, especially for, or I like to show them to other people who have not seen what street photography is like, how fleeting it is, and where your perception is. It's the best thing I could point to for someone who's never done street photography and say see all this stuff going on your your idea your your mission is to have a vision for what it is you want to capture and here's the demonstration you know the GoPro and the image that he took like I like that I like the whole, I like that model that mm -hmm. behind the scenes model but you know you and I have seen so many of them it gets kind of old after a while but it's still it still has its appeal. It does, you know. But, I actually uh, like I like seeing behind the scenes, like on a on a on a set, you know, like a like a studio set when mm -hmm. like a photographer is doing something in studio. That always yeah. interests me because yeah. they're showing not only the uh, like you know for me I grew up in movie sets uh, that was and I loved the fact that there was behind right outside the frame the beautiful frame there's yeah. chaos and there's 400 <laughs> people doing 400 different things and there's stuff going around but in that frame it's perfect and to see like old documentaries of i don't know whoever like you know Richard Avedon or whatever and seeing all the stuff that's going on in 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 his rear behind the camera yeah. and seeing you know like a like a you know the documentary is focusing on the makeup artists and what they're doing and what this is going like all that stuff is is just i love it it's brilliant yeah, my favorite because is I, peter Lindbergh. peter Lindbergh? why what peter Lindbergh because he's sitting with the makeup artist and staring at the model at the same time she's being made up and he's carrying on a conversation with her like it's so intimate right <laughs> yeah and yeah. then she goes she sits over there and then he takes the pictures and you know he does what it's just this there's is this from a, is flow. this from a movie, a film? It, it, yeah, there's there's a couple of Peter Lindbergh uh, um, documentaries out there. I'll see if I can dig one out, but it's very, uh, it's just great. It's the way I would want to work if I were doing fashion uh, work. And, there's and, there's no there's no distance between him and his subjects, which is yeah. fantastic. And that's so different from these uh, from the content creators who are feeding the machines. Often, a lot of them are many of them are on their own and so have to be their own production crews and have to film themselves, which is in itself is kind of weird. I've, you know, mm -hmm. I've done it and it's still, no matter what, it's very strange to do that. To film yourself doing something, you know, uh, you know, being creative. Like one of the things I wanted to do and I'm still sort of sitting in the can is I wanted to make a YouTube video on the 10 things <laughs> that I've learned about bird photography and i'm not oh. a birder or something like that but i thought i could i i certainly have 10 things mm. that i've learned and you know it's not it wasn't meant for uh you know anyway i can't remember what my audience is and it, like again i haven't finished it um but i'm walking around and i figure like oh look this is interesting wouldn't someone mm. like to know that and i just couldn't get past like filming myself talking about this. I mean, I still might do it. I mean, now we're getting into winter 
Mm-hmm. And that's the time I like to go out and and, and uh, photograph birds. But again, like I'm not a birder. I'm not a professional bird photographer. I just like to do it. Yeah. Is something. And I thought I would share that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, <laughs> it was a, it's a, it's an, it's a, it's a, not a natural experience for me to, to film myself talking about like in the, in the vein of, of YouTube content creators. Right. Do it's just, it's, you know, if someone was filming me, and maybe asking me questions, like as a documentary, I think I'd be easier for me to do. Right. Because um, it's just, I don't know, I could talk to somebody. But, mm-hmm. but talking to a camera by myself and trying to get people excited, I don't know. So I, I, I feel for these for these people who do this. It's a, it's, it's a grind. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I think that's very important to, you know, are you going to make content or are you going to be a photographer? Are you going to make content or are you going to be an artist? Are you, what is it that you're going to do? And I, I don't necessarily think you can do both. No. And I think some, I think this gentleman may be, you know, maybe has, hasn't thought that through that you have to be kind of one or the other. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's lamenting the fact that the quality is going down while well, the quality is going down because he's, biasing towards the content creation and not the art creation part of it. Right. Right. And, and just, you know, you know this, but like the, the post-production on anything just, you know, can sap you. Like not only you're filming yourself doing these things, but then you have Mm -hmm. to go back and you've got to edit and you got to figure out what to say. And, Mm -hmm. and, and no longer are you looking at your images, but you're, you're concentrating on creating a video that makes sense in the story and stuff like that. And that's a whole nother that's on a whole nother thing. Like I know there were, were I, I know photographers are doing this. And I'm sure there's people out in the audience who do this, who are getting asked to uh, shoot a wedding, let's say for instance, stills and do video at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and unless you're someone who's got, you know, a, a crew of like three or four, I found like someone asked me that I was like, there's no way I can do this. There's two different thought processes that go on when yeah. you're doing stills and when you're doing video. And so, there's, you know, but that's what people are being asked for. So anyway, that's got me thinking that you're either making content or you're making, you know, when I say art, it, it's maybe not the right word because it sounds so, uh, as as Alex uh, Kilby would say, strokey beardy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> strokey art. I don't know what art is in terms of photography, but if you're trying to make some sort of expression with your work, uh, to me, the two things are, yeah. are um, contradictory. I should say I went. I went to my nephew's wedding just before the pandemic, and they had a they had a still shooter, and they had a video uh, a couple that were doing the uh, video, and during the reception there was a cut together behind the scenes video of them a montage of them in the church and doing whatever and getting their photographs taken, and then the beginning of the reception which they were. <laughs> which we're still sitting there, you know, and it was amazing. And there was like m- music. Oh, it was like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. That's, so even uh, before the event is over, they're watching. Over, the stuff. There's, there's, yeah, there's material for them to look at. There. Yeah. I have a whole, I have a whole opinion about that, but I don't want to get into that now. So. <laughs> it was the first time I've seen something like that. And I went like, oh, okay. Well, this is something I would never do. It just makes me think. At some point, will will they will they want to have the wedding stuff before the wedding starts, so that you're already seeing 
stuff and it's already out there in the world, I'm sure this is being done somehow. People are, I'm not saying staging mm -hmm. a wedding, but stage something ahead of time before the wedding so that you've got something to show before the wedding. You're putting it on yeah. TikTok or whatever social thing is, you know, you, you've got this stuff happening already. And, yeah. uh, and then whatever happens at the wedding, eh, who cares? Because, you know, it's being shot. But, but I mean, what's wrong with waiting? Yeah. What's, what's wrong with the anticipation of, of something that's going to happen in some future thing? Anyway, that's another thing. But, uh, okay, well, the, and the last thing I, that caught my, my eye while I was YouTubing was uh, today people are uh, doing um, reviews or coming out with the Leica just came out with a new camera. Mm -hmm. um, the Leica M11-P. Uh, I don't know what the P stands for. Part of me thinks it's professional. Um, but there was one video that was not quite a review about it. It was from, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes, from uh, someplace called The Studio, which I think is, what's his name? Um, who's the guy who's does so many YouTube videos? Marquise Brown? Marquise Brownlee, yeah. Yeah, Brownlee, yeah. I think this is one of his crew who okay. did this. Uh, and the, 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 again, the, the, the tagline is, this camera takes, quote, unquote, real photos. And I, so that caught my, well, first I was interested, but what's another Leica? I mean, it's, a, it's an M11. What's the P stand for? But this was an interesting video. I don't want to talk too much about this. But we can talk about this in the future because this is something new, so I don't know enough about it. But apparently this is the first camera first um, commercial camera that, that has the ability to uh, embed content credentials in the photograph. And without getting into the big thing about it yet, because I don't know all about it, but content credentials is some uh, new ability to be able to check the um, provenance of an image mm -hmm. as it's gone through the system. So as it starts in a camera, works its way through uh, any kind of post-production, um, there's a sort of transparent uh, a chain of uh, information that tags along with the image so that you can see how the image was manipulated, where it came from. And the idea is to help sort of not thwart AI imagery or fake imagery, but for you to um, know uh, what's gone on with an image. And, and this is a camera that uh, apparently, and I didn't know this because I don't really pay attention to these things that much, but maybe I should, that some of this technology is already embedded in things like Photoshop and Lightroom. And newer versions of Photoshop. The newer versions, yeah. yeah. So that you, you know, whatever steps that you take to manipulate or color correct or do whatever to a picture, that's all recorded. And that is permanently embedded in the image. And, and it's done through it. encryption, so it's done through it can only go yeah. one way. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of when I first heard about this, my 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 thought was like blockchain, like like a like a cryptocurrency. Like you can you, the, all the stuff is open for you to see where mm -hmm. where the money is or where the where the where the history is. Or the, someone was saying the ingredients. Um, right. And anyway, it caught my it caught my eye, and he was talking about in the video if that more if this gets to a critical mass. This could be very useful. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, I just wanted to sort of put it out there in the world. And I don't know what you think about it. Um, well, I, I, the one concern I have is, uh, and what he was pretty emphatic about was, will there be that critical mass? Will there be 
uh, a bunch of competing standards that will dilute its ability to take place, uh, you know, take some um, market space or whatever you want to call it, um, mind space of the people that are doing it. I like the ideas. Okay, so, you know, we create this this content that we can verify uh, and use that, make that as a marker of its authenticity. If it doesn't have that, then perhaps we should assume that it's AI generated or it's been manipulated outside of of uh, something that's verifiable. So I like the idea of this a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm and just hoping it doesn't get watered down. Yeah, and there's been plenty of, uh, I, mean, I can't come off the top of my head, but it just feels like there's been examples of things like this in the past. Uh, with you know file formats and whatnot, I you know, I I tend to think that something will come out of this, especially the way AI and image manipulation and fake, you know, deep fakes and stuff like that are are really sort of swamping our system. That something like this has to come out. Mm -hmm. What the um there's a very large group of manufacturers and companies that are getting involved in the sort of the standards of this. I can't remember the name of it, but uh. It sounds like it's a good um, start. Mm -hmm. uh, it's certainly a you know a larger number. He he was making fun of like make sure this is not another Betamax or yeah. Mini Disc. The problem well, yeah. with the issue with Betamax and Mini Disc is there was only a couple of manufacturers that were on that. And Betamax, even though it was a superior technology, I think it was only Sony at that point that really held on to mm -hmm. on onto that. So just I think what they already have going for them now is that there's multiple manufacturers. The fact that Leica is putting this technology into a camera right to me is is a very big plus because that's a very expensive camera to do i mean it is a software thing so you know mm -hmm. it's not like they couldn't change it but it's but, not like a mechanical technology like beta or vhs right right it, it is right. uh it's intrinsic to the gear um, right so and i then, like i mean it's it has a better chance yeah. it does and i like the his uh um in the video he talks about like the building of trust Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, this is going to mean more for photojournalism, documentary work, and uh, and, and news and stuff like that. Um, because when we get to commercial stuff, it doesn't almost doesn't matter. Uh, in fact, I think that's where the low hanging fruit, where AI is going to really take over, is a lot of commercial photography. That's going to really that's really going to bite the bucket. Um, but the idea of building up trust in something, I think, is important. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh it, it, it's a, a great start they also talk about like nikon the next version of the z z9 which is the flagship big camera mm -hmm. it's a beautiful camera by the way uh is going to have that is going to have this built into it too mm -hmm. so right out of the right now they like for m most people using cameras if they want to set the credentials up they would have to filter it through photoshop or lightroom strangely right. enough <laughs> it's, it's really interesting yeah. that you have to filter through a program that is built for manipulation yeah. Uh, to get the credentials, but you get these credentials, you can you can do it. We should also say too that it's an open source project, and so there won't be much additional cost. Uh, there's no licensing fee associated with applying this technology. Right. It's which available is, to all. Which is good. I wonder. I'm going to do some more research on this because I'd like to know where it actually started. Um, I don't know if you got the chance to read what Adobe wrote to him. In the video, after he was talking about like what happens if you screenshot no, I just saw the I just saw the screenshot. I didn't uh, I didn't. Read yeah, I, I copied it, and uh, I'm going to read some of it if I can. Okay. Uh, 
So he was asking, uh, I can't remember the question he asked Adobe, but they sent him back a message that said, consumer awareness is critical to fight misinformation at scale. And we encourage everyone to verify content before trusting it is true. The concept is that for important content, such as a viral image or newsworthy image where someone is trying to prove to you that what they're saying is true, content credentials, in capitals, can provide the context people need in order to make a decision about whether to trust it. Content credentials empowers consumers to verify and then trust. Important content should have a credential attached. If something doesn't have a credential, we believe you should be skeptical. That's how we fight misinformation at scale. And then it goes on. I don't want to talk about that, but I think it's a it's a nice. I'm glad Adobe is doing that. On one hand, they're doing you know, and they're incorporating this stuff into their their AI content creation they're doing in Photoshop. The the um, what is it? Firefly that they're yeah. they're adding in there, and and uh, if, I don't know if they're doing it in the um, in the generative fill thing yet. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd have to look at that. But well, they're also nice. doing the right thing there too, and that they're just drawing from their own content libraries uh, for their AI generation, right? Yes, they're doing that, and as long as they're paying the people who they're getting it from, right? Uh, that's great. And and actually, in that regard, <laughs> sorry, this is good. We'll just end on this one because uh, we're not talking about AI. But I I did read of a technology that's that that um, is spoiling the soup, spoiling the AI soup. I don't know if you heard of it. I oh yes, I it. have. Uh, it's poisoning. It is, it's poisoning it. It puts in some data into an image that uh, will poison AI when it's when it tries to learn from it, so that uh, it it messes up the final results. Which I think is kind of cool. It sounds like the digital version of what people have um, those outfits, like those glowing outfits, so that when a paparazzi takes a picture of them, that overexposes. Right. You ever see those things? Yeah. Like yeah, so it sounds like a it sounds like a digital version of that. Um, but both of these things are, are kicking in now. And I think um, we're going to probably see a lot more of this as people try to protect their content. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as we're going, <laughs> this, whole, this whole thing about content and art, you know, because uh, content is, is, is valuable. I mean, you know, after mm -hmm. it, people make money from content. I mean, at some point, anyway, that's another discussion. I'm gonna start going off on tangents here. That's enough. I'm done. All right. Me too. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> All righty. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. Good. But then we did have something to talk about tonight. I'm. I'm glad. Uh, when do we not have something to talk about? I. I could talk to you for hours. Actually, it's. It's how we ended up. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um. So okay. Well. So where are we looking for you in the world? Um. You won't find me too much. I haven't really posted much content. But oh um, yeah. Okay. No. You can no go content. back through the wayback <laughs> machine. Just uh, do do some doom scrolling back to you know. Back to whenever. Um, on Vero and Twitter, you can find me at at, at Ward Rosin Photo. That's W-R-O-S-I-N Photo. At Instagram, you can find me at Ward Rosin Fine Art. Facebook, I am Ward Rosin Photo. Uh, I've got a website, which has got precious little on it, but it's uh, there. It's at rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca. And our unofficial sponsor unofficial is sponsor. Ornis Photo, O-R-N-I-S dot photo. And I sell uh, lens adapters and um, Asian sourced lenses, manual lenses for Sony E and Fuji X mount cameras. You gotta get some GX mounts. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Okay. Uh, all right. 
All right. And me. What about uh, you, my friend? With me, yeah. Flickr, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, there's. I still have a Twitter account, an X account, whatever you're going to call it. Twitter, Vero, and Flickr at AM Rosario. Instagram. I started a new Instagram account. I'd start from scratch at AM Rosario Photo. So you got to have the photo. My website is amrosario.com. Our website is streetshots.photography. And do me a favor, subscribe to our Substack newsletter. I'm doing newsletters as much as I can. Uh, so it's uh, streetshots.substack.com. And if you want to support the show, we're going to be doing our zine soon. I'm just going to reprint it. Uh, well, that'll be one way to support the show. But until then, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Antonio Rosario. And uh, yeah, the zine is, uh, I'm working on it. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, uh, well, cool. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with me tonight, and thanks for uh, put put on more Halloween sound effects. More Halloween more sound effects. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do the banter. I'm gonna grab the banter, and, and after this is some crazy sound effects, and we'll drive people mad, and they will they'll unsubscribe to us, and that's it, and that'll be the end. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All righty. So uh, I we will see everybody in a couple of weeks, and uh, Ward, my friend, have a good night. You too. And uh, thanks for everybody joining us. And uh, good night to all. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye. The Halloween edition. Oh, oh I should Ooh. get some Halloween effects. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw that in at the end. I'll throw in some Halloween spooky noises. Some all sound right. effects. Yeah, you know, do you ever have sound effects uh, album? Oh when yeah, kid? did you just I like did. play it? Did you just like play it to hear the sounds? Did oh yeah, <laughs> I tried to. Well, my dad used to be able to do sound effects. He was a big, uh, what was his name? Spike, Spike Jones. You, Spike. You mean you mean with his own mouth? With his mouth, so, yeah. So he could Spike do duck Jones. calls and elk calls, and he used to be able to make the sound of a bowling ball rolling on a wooden floor, which I can never. I don't know how the hell he did it, but it was. But he could do spooky sounds too. Oh yeah, well, he could do coyote howling and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I always but, used to just listen to the album, like yeah, I'd buy this album and listen to the spooky sounds. And yeah. I'm like, then what? What am I going to do with them? Yeah, but, but I would listen to them. Yeah, but they're fantastic. It's they are like fantastic. They, they, you don't hear these things every day. And, you know. Some of them were really chintzy sounds, though. I could just hear like I was listening, like that's not a werewolf. That's some guy in a. <laughs> In a room, <laughs> it was something like I could hear, I could like hear the guy's voice. It sounded like it was from the Bronx yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs>